We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius and Mike. And the Lakers won probably the ugliest offensive basketball game uh, I've seen in the last five years. 103 rebounds, like you said, Darius. Like uh, you told me last night, Andre Drummond is probably licking his chops because Andre Drummond is a Laker. The Lakers signed him yesterday. They will be introducing him. We are recording Monday morning. They'll be introducing him at noon. And... uh, a lot to talk about, and I have, I'm so excited about this podcast, this episode, because not just the addition of Drummond, who's a, a wonderful talent, but it goes so much into the framing of basketball and how the lens through which we, we look at basketball. And if I could go on just a little bit of a rant to, to start this, this episode, in comparison to like baseball and football, basketball can start an offensive attack from anywhere on the court. In baseball, there's a predetermined location. Every play starts with the ball in the pitcher's hands and the batter stands within a box if you're left-handed or right-handed. In football, the ball is snapped from a predetermined position. After the end of the play, you meet up. Sometimes you'll go no huddle, right? But you know where that play is going to start. In basketball, you don't know where the offensive attack is going to start. It's actually the opposite, where you don't know where a play in baseball is going to finish. Could be a ground ball to third, could be a fly ball to right field, could be a home run, whatever. In football, it could be a running play on the left side, hash mark, deep bomb, whatever. In basketball, the goal is one determined location, the basket, right? So in that idea of basketball being able to start from any place that it that it can, but ideally finish in a certain spot. There are all sorts of different jobs in what I would consider like a shifting geometry of the game. And so this gets in context of the Lakers. What the hell does this have to do with Andre Drummond and the Lakers? Darius, you had a, a, a amazing rant, uh, an amazing uh, soliloquy earlier in the season on how LeBron and AD were the key makers, yeah. right? They their versatility. And this is the underlying point, at least as I take it, that Mike's always making, right? Is like, we've got LeBron and AD. And that just that statement 
covers so much. It means so many things. You could read a book on on the impact of that. But in the sport of basketball, what are the things that you have to be able to? You got to be able to shoot. You got to be able to run fast, jump high, set screens, cut, defend on the help side. There's, I would say there's 20 different things just for the sake of argument that you have to be good at. And what makes LeBron and AD amazing is of those 20 things, they are good to great at 16, 18 of those things. And in LeBron's case, he is all 20 to some degree. He has mastered the game. And as he's gotten older, more of that's become mental, which we'll we'll get into. And so this gets to the roster construction. And my the reason I wanted it open with this is that ability for LeBron and AD to do almost everything, Darius, allows for a roster construction that allows you to get specialists, guys who are a 10 out of 10 kind of, kind of guy at a few of those jobs. And maybe they've got holes in other areas of those 20 things. But I view the Andre Drummond signing, not on its own, but in context with Montrez Harrell, with Marcus Gasol, with the needs that you have at that position. Andre Drummond is really good and is great at some things. He's one of the best in the world at certain aspects of the game, and he's got huge holes in his game in other aspects of it. So with that as the, the kind of framework, Darius, you had a great piece of Form Bloom Gold yesterday uh, writing up on, on Drummond. Andre Drummond's pretty good at a, at a few things. Let's start there. What is Andre Drummond good at? Andre Drummond is probably the best rebounder in the world. I mean, it's hard to argue otherwise. He it, he's I think led the league the last three years or three of the last four years in in rebounding. Um, he is a monster offensive rebounder, right? Which is how you lead the league in rebounding. Like there is a Chris Herring had a fantastic piece recently for really Sports good. Illustrated about. It, he framed it around Andre Drummond, basically, and the value of rebounding and how basically Drummond was sent home by the Cavs and he was looking to be traded or he was basically going to be waived. Right. And the Cavs, who are one of the worst teams in the league, seem to have no utility for a player who is literally the best in the league at this one thing. And he framed it around Drummond because Drummond, I think, is like the poster boy for like rebounding. But I think the extrapolation was how much does rebounding actually matter if the guy who's best at it is sent home, right? That they found a better, they found a younger player who they wanted to give those minutes to because they thought he was going to be a better fit for, for their team. Now, I would argue that that's, there's some truth in that, particularly around defensive rebounding. De the defensive rebounding is the result of a lot of different variables that are going on at any given time, right? Are the players around you box out guys rather than, than go and get it guys, right? Like how good are your guards at rebounding? Um, like, are, are you more of a positional rebounder or are you someone who is an out of area rebounder? How, like, there's so many things at play. And I think for Drummond, some of his defensive rebounding numbers are, they're real, but I also think that they are a product of a certain thing that has existed within yeah. 
what happens if because what's happened over the course of years is that defender is that offenses are sending fewer guys to the offensive boards because they've found that they save more points by getting back in transition. So what is the value of a rebound that you grab with nobody else around? Anybody could do that. That's right. And it was one of the things that like people sort of dog Russell Westbrook about, for example, in the season, he averaged a triple double is like they found that he was getting two or three free throw rebounds a game. Right. And and so it's just like, oh, well, no one no one's even contesting those. Those are uncontested rebounds. And how good of a contested rebounder are you? Which I think brings me to my point about Drummond. His offensive rebounding, those are almost always going to be contested rebounds. The other team wants the damn ball. They want to finish. They want to finish a defensive possession with a stop. And the only way you do that is with a rebound. And so, Mike, when I'm thinking about like the value of Drummond, the first thing that comes to my mind is for a Lakers team that has not been as good offensively, they miss shots and they've been bad they've been a lower third or like bottom five team in terms of turnovers per well per game they are oftentimes losing the possession battle right so like teams get more shots than them that's just how it goes the lakers turn turn the ball over a lot they are not a good offensive rebounding team themselves right now and and they miss more than what you would want them to miss andre drummond rectifies some of that to me while he is going to turn the ball over too, right? He is also going to get you more possessions and he's going to help the Lakers in just, there's plenty of other ways that he's going to help, but, but Mike, do you see value in his offensive rebounding specifically for this Lakers team? Or am I juicing that up too much? Yeah, no, of course there's value there. I, Thinking about rebounding, and I like how you've got you've already kind of gotten this into a philosophical element of it. And I'm so think about some of the greatest rebounders ever: Dennis Rodman, Kevin Garnett, uh, Drummond certainly is up there. What what's one quality that those guys have in common? It's agility. Okay, on top mm. of on top of yeah. just sort of uh, you know you bring Westbrook in there too. These guys can move their bodies around the court and now there are you also have to be a certain height you know you have to be you have to have a certain amount of uh, uh, junk in the trunk to an extent but you know kg robin like guys that are really light in their feet and drumming for as big as he is he's more of a if you see him in person he looks more like lebron than he does anthony davis in, in a way like he is he is solid he's dense he's a big but dude he's, mm-hmm. but he's but he's light on his on his toes dude he kind of he glides right he and that to me is is a transferable skill Pete when you don't need him to be the focal point of an offense when you don't need him to be doing a ton of other stuff that's a way you can I think Frank Vogel is a good guy you can deploy that I think and that's what I'm curious to see with Drummond so I want to get your guys thoughts on that but my my one other quick point to this off of Kuzma yesterday and Kuzma was talking about hey it's a guy to fight for rebounds with with LeBron with AD and Drummond and I'm like what if you just play that you're I dare you to get a rebound lineup so it's Drummond AD, LeBron, Kuz at the two, <laughs> and Caruso, who I think is probably their best rebounding point guard. Like, KCP is a pretty good rebounder, but Caruso, if you look at the per 36, Caruso doesn't play as many minutes, but, like, he's a good rebounder, uh, and he'll attack. That 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 lineup is still really dangerous on offense. And, again, this goes back to the point of put whoever you want with LeBron and AD, but imagine trying to get a rebound with that group in there. 
And oh, and that's just a big physical lineup altogether, yeah. even like aside from rebounding. Yeah, man, that's and so that point is I love your what you're saying about rebounding radius, right? There's some guys, Chick used to talk about this all the time, or like or and Stu still talks about this. Uh like the rebound will come to them and other guys will go get the rebound. Andre Drummond will go get the rebound while being light on his feet, while being 270 pounds. And that's how and he's a great double jumper. Right. That's something that um, that even though he's not doesn't have the pop in terms of his his leaping ability, which we'll get get to that, that all plays together. But you know who isn't a good rebounder, at least on the defensive end, is Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell is a bad defensive rebounder. And so that's why I went on that whole rant to start out is that. Andre Drummond is a great rebounder, but in the context of this team, especially in a playoff series, Mike, where if we're in a position where like Trez is having a hard time on the defensive boards and somebody's kicking our ass, getting offensive boards in the second quarter, whatever part of the game we're at, you've got somebody on the bench who can not only address that issue, like Darius said, man, like you said, they're the best in the world at addressing that particular issue. And that is the value of, and we're seeing this on the opposite end, like Darius, you know who's been driving me crazy lately is Dennis Schroeder. And part of it is because he has an increase in responsibility of decision-making. There's one play, so I tweeted before the game started, they under 20 turnovers, that's the challenge today. And they did. And that was actually progress, right? We got shots up, we did not make those shots, but getting shots up is better than not getting shots up. The only way Orlando could have beat us, because they couldn't score against our half-court defense, is if they got out in transition. You know what gets people out in transition are not just turnovers, but wild drives to the basket, right? You know who also has wild drives to the basket is Andre Drummond. You guys remember when JaVale, every once in a while, JaVale would be like, get an idea, like, I'm going to drive to the rim from 18 feet away. He was a, it's my turn, right? Like, everyone else, you all got your turn. Right. I seen KCP shoot two threes from from the corner. I seen Kuz just come off of a pin down and say, I'm firing it away. Oh, we run in this horns handoff action. Yeah. Guess who's faking the handoff this time? It's I, am. Time. I am. I am. <laughs> and I and I've thought about this for a possession and a half. We run in this horns action. I'm thinking that handoff and I'm pivoting and I'm going to the hole, baby. That was JaVale. Yes. And so Andre Drummond, this is the weaknesses, right? Andre Drummond is sh- shooting 17 for 57 from the field on driving layups. When he drives to the basket, he shoots 30% on his layups, Mike. And so this plays into the idea. I'm curious your thoughts on this, Mike, uh, The of like – everybody's strengths cover for somebody else's weaknesses um, amongst our bigs in particular. And that the less a player has responsibility or, or or the more they have the responsibility like Dennis does, the more their weaknesses will shine through, but the less important they are in the pecking order of the team, the more they are allowed to be a specialist. Yeah, for sure. And this lineup is now, or this roster really is even more crowded Uh, in, in this goes. So, any great team, you have to get guys for free. And whether that's somebody comes to you like LeBron came in free agency for nothing, you had to give nothing up to get him. Now, for free, of course, you have to pay him his requisite dollars, uh, of which there aren't enough for LeBron. But look throughout Lakers history. A lot of it is, okay, number one picks or guys coming over in free agency. 
there have been a couple of key trades and Anthony Davis is, is the most recent and most notable um, to an extent, but like that's the fact that you got LeBron to come here, that started everything. Then all the guys that you drafted, you basically had to trade uh, for AD. And now instead of having to give up a, a bunch of guys at the deadline and we, how many pods do we have about this? Why would you go ahead and do that when you can bring in talent because you're the Lakers, right? Because you're good because you're the Lakers guys are going to want to come. He beat out t- uh, Pete. What was the team that r- uh, reportedly Drummond was considering going to? Oh, who was that? I can't seem to remember. Hmm. Okay, it was the Celtics. It was the Celtics. Okay, That's right. It was, it was the Celtics. Okay. They almost got him, Mike. They okay. were this Danny close. Almost got him. Yeah, I'm, Danny I'm sure. Almost. They, I'm sure. Like over a weekend, they almost convinced Andre Drummond, who's been friends with <laughs> Anthony <laughs> Davis since freaking high school in the AAU circuit. Those two dudes came out in the same draft. I remember when Drummond was a candidate to be the number one pick, right? Or top two. Top, he ended up falling to, I think, seven, was it? Uh, and But Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis go way back. And then yeah. you got you see it his tweets about LeBron. Absolutely. Anyway, carry on. They weren't convincing him over the course of a weekend. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so that, so that was – so the fact that he's there now, that you're, you're totally cool with what it means for the roster being a little bit crowded and there being no possible way to play him – or Trez as many minutes as ideal or as they would want to play or to play Marcus Saul um, as many minutes as I think that most teams would want to, even at this stage of his career and to play Anthony Davis as many minutes at the five as I think that you would want him. But the good news is LeBron James is on the roster and Frank Vogel is the coach. And these are two guys that are pretty good at laying all those things out because there is some, like my initial concern was more Pete, what you were getting at a little bit where like when Dwight was here the first time, with Nash and with Kobe and with Powell, and he wanted those post-up touches. And that was a big issue for the team. But this, this, is, a, this is a different circumstance now because Drummond is joining a title team. He's joining a team that has an established culture. He has the skill set of a, an elite star-in-his-role type guy. And, and if he can kind of – if they can convince him to just really focus on playing that way, and yeah, you know, give him some touches here and there – but that's that to me is going to be the main thing, because if, if they can just get that out of him, then the I already thought the Lakers were the title favorite. Now, now Brooklyn is certainly making some uh, some noise and, and has yeah, what to do be you respected. About, what do you think but, about that Aldridge signing? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think Aldridge has as much left as Drummond at this point. And just look at their ages. Right. He's 35 there. But on that kind of a team where he's basically just going to space out to three. Um, and on offense, it, it makes the offense even that much more deadly. It's just defensively, this is where this comes back then, Darius. If, if, I don't think Aldridge is on the court in crunch time for Lakers Nets because guess what's going to happen? LeBron's going to go to the rim on. You know, they're going to they're going to be able to sort of seek out and, and hunt that type of thing. So whereas I don't think Drummond is that same kind of a target. Now, could Kyrie call him out for an ISO or, or KD or, or Harden? Sure, but they're going to have to take a jump shot. I think. And, and that, that to me is, is the difference between the two. Yeah. Drummond. So in terms of Aldridge and even Blake Griffin to a certain extent, they are the types of players who will be useful to the Nets because the Nets have three super duper stars, right? Or they have a super duper star in KD. I think Harden fits in that class offensively. And Kyrie is just so dynamic offensively that almost anybody you add next to those guys are going to be useful, right? Because, and Pete, this goes to your point about narrowing the focus, which I wrote about in my piece too about Drummond, is that 
the narrower your focus can be within your role, the more energy and effort you could put into the smaller asks, right? It's like, like Mike, you've got kids. I've got a seven and, and a nine-year-old. Imagine if their chore list was 15 items long. And then imagine if the chore list was two items long, right? Which do you think I is going it. to be better? Uh, like w which scenario are, is going to generate the better results, right? Like I can guarantee if I told my kids, yeah, so this week you're washing the dishes, you're cleaning your bedroom, you're going to help with the laundry, you're going to uh, pick up after dinner, you're going to wipe down this and this and that you'd find that all of those things were a half or a quarter way done, right? It's just like, but I told you to wash the dishes. It's just like, yeah, well, I found all these bowls with like ketchup stains still in them. Like what happened here, right? But it, you're saying you can tell your kids to do something and they'll do it? Oh, no, 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 no. Are you no, saying see, teach him your, teach you, teach you his ways? That's not what I've implied no, at I'm kidding. all. Gen, Gen Town are great. They're, they're, they're six-year-old boys, so a little high energy. So we just, you know, yeah, you have to be very direct, very, you know, all right, guys, these clothes are going in the drawers, right? Okay, then you got my, super, it just takes a little, it takes a little patience, it takes a little patience. Yeah, stuff gets done when I sit there and watch him do it, basically. <laughs> That's how that works. But if I had to go around and watch them do 15 different things, that's probably not the best thing for my time either, right? So I think the asks of Drummond are going to be narrower, and I think that he can excel that way. Th that said, I wanted to talk to you guys, and maybe this is a second half of the pod thing, and so if it is, just tell me, and we'll get to it no, later. No, man, just roll with it, yeah. But, but there is there is a short-term idea for Drummond and there's a long-term idea for Drummond, right? And so Mike, like he's not a good post-up player right now, right? But guess what? You may need to throw him the ball in the post in the interim period. Like not just to sort of like, like grease the wheels in order to get him to defend type of thing, but because the Lakers lack shot creators overall, right? Andre Drummond is now one of the few guys on the Lakers roster who was asked to be the hub, who, who has been asked to be the hub of an offense in the past. It's one of the reasons why he's got a more sort of refined skill set than you would anticipate, right? It's, it's, it's because he was a high lottery pick. He was asked to score 20 points a game, and he's been an all-star in this league. And the idea of saying, well, guess what? Like Dennis Schroeder, you've got to sit on the bench. You, like you can't play 48 minutes. You can't run the offense all, all of the time. Yeah. It's nice to say Alex Caruso, THT go in there and run a pick and roll. But like the results of those have been mixed at best. Like in the last game, Caruso went to the hole like bro. 15 times. And I was uh, just like, oh man, AC, I love you, bro. But the, yeah. but, but like this ain't, it down. Like, doing this ain't working, right? Yeah. Drive and kick a little bit more instead of drive and finish or drive and dump because those weren't working very well. If you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. 
And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. That's bwhustle.com backslash We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join. And so that's the thing is that he's going to have that greater responsibility in the short term. And that's when more of those wild drives to the rim where I, so I watched every shot that he took within five feet of the rim this season. And because statistically Andre Drummond is the worst finishing big in the NBA this season around the rim. And so I'm like, what are the reasons for this? Now, a lot of it, and uh, I, I've loved reading uh, whenever we get a new guy, there's only so much tape work I can do over the course of a few days to understand a player. I want to hear what are the dudes who watched him every day, whose opinions I respect and I know care about the game. What do they think about him? And so like Justin Rowan and Carter Rodriguez from the Cavs, Duncan Smith from the Detroit Pistons, all of them are very high on Andre Drummond's fit with the Lakers. Right. And one of the bits of context that I think it was Justin, um, gave was like yo we were starting like four bigs at one point they were starting jared allen they were starting javel mcgee andre drummond and like larry nance at the same time okoro was in there there were other versions where there were two or three but that he had to kind of uh operate as that primary guy under less than ideal conditions and i think that that's probably going to be the start of his career and we may see some of the bad of him as a result of that to start out with and pete in Cleveland, just to focus on this year, he's playing with Sexton and Garland, the famed Sexland backcourt. And that's not the best table setting backcourt right. in the NBA. Right. It's two young guards. Sexton is more of a scorer, more of a more of a drive to the hoop, get his own shot, pull up guy. You know, Garland is, I think, has a lot of room to grow there and, and is sure. showing some signs, but for the most part, still. I mean, you go from that to playing with LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's it's just, it's a holy, and, and so this is, I think Drummond has just generally been a victim of having to be either the best or the second best player on his roster when the other best player wasn't all that great, aside from when Griffin was an all-NBA player the first year that he went there. And, you know, Drummond played quite well there. So him, I think he's built more to play off guys, but he is so... 
he has he has a lot of going for him that you can you can have him ramp up if the rest of the roster isn't there. And that's what he's had to do. So but in this, I want to get now kind of tie this into Darius's point. What I would like to see most would be to him kind of to, for him to start embracing the role that he's going to play when LeBron and AD get back. And not just, hey, mm-hmm. if we feed Drummond 30 times, again, that's the best chance to beat Milwaukee. On. You know, I don't think that's really going to be the case anyway, especially in this short amount of time. Like, to me, this is a, hey, you've been sitting out since early February. Get out there and just mash, dudes. Just kick some ass. Just get grab every rebound. You know, like, don't – I wouldn't I wouldn't just start orchestrating a bunch of sets and try to build this whole thing off of him when you're going to get AD and LeBron back soon, I would just, yeah. I would just unleash him from an energy standpoint and, and not necessarily even call a bunch of plays and just encourage that part of it. Uh, that that's, that's my initial inclination at least. And I know that's probably too simple, but I, I think that he, oh, can I be, don't. he can be devastating in that, in that role. I'm going to bring up a name here and it has nothing to do with the Lakers, but I'll, re- I'll relate it back to Drummond in, in a second, Mike, because I think it's important to the point that you just made. I'm very interested to see what Aaron Gordon does in Denver. I love that deal for them. Because there's an idea of what Gordon could be as a player, but he's never had the opportunity to really play that role on the teams that he's been a part of. And some of that is just a question mark of does he want to do that? Right. Because in theory, he could have been doing that the entire time. Right. But team context made it so maybe he got pushed in this other direction. But by all accounts, he actually wanted to be in that direction. Right. And so that when there's forks in the road for any player, I think that the path that they choose often reflects sort of the idea of what they see themselves as. Right. It's not just team context i think team context plays a major part in that but it's not always just that and pinning it on that i think can be a little bit tricky and maybe too favorable towards the player andre drummond's playing for a contract he's going to be a free agent so we may want him to set good screens and hustle and roll hard maybe andre drummond wants to put up numbers now i would argue he probably doesn't sign here if that's his primary motivation but that's always a factor is what does the player want exactly and so when i think about drummond and what the asks are going to be of him and then what in practice that looks like i'm very interested to see how that's navigated within the context of this roster that said when you have lebron when you have ad Right. Even if they're not playing right now, those are the types of players and Frank Vogel as as the head head coach. Those are the types of players. And then the secondary leadership structure with Jared Dudley and guys like that who are going to sort of be in your ear about like this is sort of we're going to guide you in the direction in which we want. And getting that buy in, I think, is very likely to happen here. But there is a part of me that is always sort of that's always a lingering question for me as like which direction is the player really going to go the fact is though is that drumming can be solid or good at a lot of things right i think he can be really good to great at a few things um i think that there are still some some concerns about how he's going to fit in on the other side of the floor I think we're all high on Drummond as a talent. And I think that that's justified. Again, he's 27 years old. 
He's made two all-star teams in, in his past. Um, I think that he is, I've never heard him be talked about as like a malcontent or anything like that. There, there are some things about his motor and things like that, that I think have come up, but I've never heard him be described as someone who was like a bad dude. I mean, and, and you can't be the best rebounder in the world and have a bad motor. Right? No, no, like- sure. Exactly. So, but the fit, like there are some, the holes in this game that you brought up earlier, Pete, those are going to matter too. Right. And no matter how, how, how narrow his focus or the ask is going to be of him, he's still going to have to do more than that on the court and survive. Right. Absolutely. Darius is slotting. One, is that one of your favorite terms? It is. Like, it yeah. is. Okay. So just, just think about that in its own right. Where, where are you slotting Drummond in terms of talent on this roster and mm. what you need him to do? That alone, like when you think about same thing with Aaron Gordon, okay, Aaron Gordon is now slotted in a different space in Denver where he doesn't have to do nearly as much. And then their, you know, their fourth best guy is just better than your fourth best guy. Well, all of a sudden Drummond, instead of having to be the first or the second or potentially on some nights, even the third, that concept in its own, I think is, is big here and, and it will unleash a lot from him. Very much so. Very much so. And one par- final thought on on that type of thing and, and why that matters in context with Trez and Mark in particular. And we'll get to more of that, like who plays like there's only so many minutes and we do have to get to that is that the the flip side of the whole like Trez is a bad defensive rebounder. And then if you so if you are facing that as a problem, you go to Andre Drummond. The flip side is Andre Drummond's a bad I would argue more of it's circumstantial and he's a below average finisher at the rim. It's kind of like Trez's defense is that like, I've never argued that Trez is good on defense, but he's not an abject disaster the way that, that he was portrayed. Uh, same thing's true about Drummond's finishing. But if you're facing some uh, situation where say, I don't know, Jeff Green is playing your center in a small ball unit and you could eat around the rim, but Andre Drummond isn't, isn't able to capitalize because he's not that great of a finisher, you go to Trez, right? Like you've got somebody who can exploit whatever weaknesses there. But I am really excited to talk about the other end of the floor, the defensive end, and what Andre Drummond could be within our overall context. So we had a lot to say about Andre Drummond, and this one went a little long. So this is going to be a two-parter, and this is going to be the conclusion of the first part. The next part is going to come out Wednesday morning uh, before the game against Milwaukee so that we got two pods before the next game, all talking about Drummond and his fit, because we think his signing is a significant event in the season, and we want to give it the proper attention. So... Uh, we're going to wrap up here. We'll be back on Wednesday with part two. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Good. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. 
Bryant spinning in the lane, back for Gasol, pretty pass, and it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant, picked up by Bell. There's the move, two, one, miss it! It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant, yes! And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.